Yeah, you can cheer for that. That's all right. Um, Ignite is a week for those who are currently in grades 6 through 12. It is in June this year. And let me say that uh, I've been doing these trips now for 22 years, and Ignite is really different. It's a place where God clearly shows himself. And last year, we saw some lives changed, and it wasn't just for the week. And we have seen the ripples throughout the year. And so uh, those of you who are used to registering when school gets out, you can't do that this year because it's a month earlier. And so uh, you might want to check out the website, eaglechurch.com. If you are newer to the church, get on board with Ignite. God does great things there. So every person in here has gone through or will go through some type of trial in their life. You're actually going to go through many trials, but the truth is there are going to be things that will happen in your life that will cause you to feel overwhelmed and will cause you to feel hopeless. That's just the reality of life. I was thinking recently that the list of people that I pray for who have cancer is way too long. And Jesus foreshadowed this in John 16, verse 33, when he said, in this world, you will have trouble. Now, this is the part where some of you are thinking, not such a good start. Right, a little depressing. Where's the good news? Well, the rest of the verse continues. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome this world. That's a good place for an amen. Uh, in 2005, my wife Leslie and I made a decision to purchase our first home. In 2006, we unexpectedly had to change jobs, and my new job was an hour from our house. Now, that's not a terrible commute, but in ministry, it might as well be eight hours because you can't, uh, you, the hours are different and you're going back and forth. And so over time, we had this seemingly unreal offer from the church I was working at to help us sell our current home and move to one that was closer to our new church. And so we accepted a loan from the church that we believed was done in good motives, and we purchased a home just 15 minutes from our new church. The loan was offered to us interest-free, with the understanding it would be paid back upon selling our home. I mean, that's a great deal, right? We keep the profits, we pay back the loan, and we get a house. 2008, the housing market crashed. Our home devalued over $100,000 in the next three years. I'm guessing some of you have stories like that. In 2012, we believed that God was opening the door for us to move to Florida to take a new job and enter a new season of life, but this loan was a problem. There was no way we could pay it back. And we were confident our church was going to do whatever it could to help us. We believed that they would advocate for us. Uh, an advocate is someone who comes alongside you and supports you, speaks for you, intercedes for you. And so the church worked out a deal as we left and asked us to trust them with some tax issues. And so we agreed and we moved on to our new season in South Florida. In 2013... There was a day where we got the mail at the end of our driveway, and as we were pulling into the garage, we were reading what, was, what came, and I'll never forget this moment in Jupiter, Florida. We learned that we owed the state of Illinois and the IRS a combined amount of about $25,000. Now, for me, that might as well be a million because that was just an amount that I could not fathom. The specifics are irrelevant, but what ended up happening is the church was not able to help us, and we were left with this overwhelming debt, and we felt wounded, we felt alone. We felt desperate. And I wonder how many of you find yourself in this place or have found yourself in this place. Your circumstances are overwhelming. You can't imagine a way out and you start to wonder, God, are you even going to help me? More on our situation later. Uh, you can find John chapter 14 in your Bibles now. And as you do, we're going to recap where we started last week as Eric began our series called The Holy Spirit. 
He taught us that the Holy Spirit makes an alive to God life possible. We were dead in our sins, but through the Spirit, we can now live alive to God. The Spirit makes the Emmanuel life possible. God with me. And we're going to talk about that this morning. The Spirit makes the I am not who I used to be life possible. The Spirit brings change. We don't have to stay the same. He transforms us. And so we'll move forward with John chapter 14. We'll start in verse 15. Jesus is speaking and he says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. All right, so Jesus is promising another advocate. He has been their advocate, but he knows that he's not sticking around much longer. And so he's talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Verse 17 continues. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Verse 20, on that day you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. But then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show, us, to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. we got to just stop here and point out this theme that Jesus has in here first, which is, if you love me, you will obey me. He says it four times in this passage. If you love me, you'll obey me. And so you want to know if you love God? You want to know if you love Jesus? Are you obeying him? You well, I don't thought we didn't have to do things to get to heaven. You don't, but if you love him, the result is going to be obedience. So that's not really part of the sermon. That was free. You can hold on to that one. Um, <laughs> but here he's saying, I'm not leaving you alone. Just keep loving me. You will be loved by me. You will see me. And then he continues at the end of verse 24 saying, these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. And then he lays it down again. He knows he's not going to be with them much longer. So verse 26, which is our key verse for this morning, he says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you of everything I've said to you. There's that word again, advocate. Here it specifically refers to the Holy Spirit as our advocate. He's saying the Father will send the Spirit in Jesus' name to teach them all things and remind them everything Jesus has said to them. Now, in the original language of the New Testament, which is Greek, the word is paraclete. It's from the Greek word parakletos. Para means from close beside, and kaleo means to make a call. It's referring to a legal advocate who makes the right judgment call because they're close enough to the situation. And so an advocate is called to the side of another to give counsel and support to the one who needs it. And so what does that mean, that the Holy Spirit is our paraclete, our advocate? What does that even mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. I wrote a whole sermon on that for this morning. So let's take a moment and pray, and then we'll dive in. And so, Father, I am just uh, dependent upon your spirit to be here. Jesus, you are awesome, and thank you for the way that you allow us to live that changed life. And I just pray that you would uh, grab a hold of our hearts this morning and teach us, because you are a teacher in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Three things about our advocate. I need a little encouragement, so if you're ready, say go. 
All right, that was pretty good. Um, Now, if you've been around the Bible any amount of time, this next statement isn't going to shock you, but the first point is, he will never leave me. He will never leave me. Now, now very few of you in here are like, really? I didn't know that. We've heard that, but do you know why? Do you understand the implications of that? Let's talk about that. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. That's good news. Hebrews 13.5, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. These are great verses. Tell the person next to you those are great verses. But I'm the type of person that wants to know, how's this gonna work? I mean, I'm thinking about this going, Jesus ascends to heaven, and I know that God is one God in three persons. That's super complex. I'm okay with that. If I could totally wrap my mind around God, then he probably isn't God. I can handle a God that's more complex than I can comprehend. But the problem is, Jesus is leaving, but he's saying, I won't leave you. But you are leaving. How's that going to work? Well, John 14, verse 16, Jesus says this. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus is physically leaving, but the Holy Spirit is coming and will be with them forever. He will live with them and be in them. And so God will never leave you. Never. And he lays out how he's managing that. The Holy Spirit is how God is with believers forever. See, the Father is in heaven, right? The Father, Jesus prayed, our Father who art in heaven. And the Bible also says that he is a spirit God who dwells in unapproachable light and no man can see him and live. The Son, Jesus, is in heaven at the right hand of God. And the Holy Spirit, he is here now in this place. Somehow they all make up one God. They have different roles within what we call the Trinity. But the Spirit is how God is everywhere, omnipresent. And because of that, he is always, 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 everybody say always, always with you. He will never leave you. That's why in Psalm 139, David says, where can I go from your Spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. And so consider the implications. You can find strength because you know that the all-powerful God, he is with you. You can find courage because he will carry you through one step at a time. You can find freedom from discouragement because he is by your side ready and willing to give you hope. You can be free from fear because when the giants come in our lives, the one who is greater is the one who is always with us. So maybe you're headed into a situation where you need some strength, you need some courage, you need some freedom from discouragement, freedom from fear, and God says, I will go with you. He is our advocate, and he is here. Three things about our advocate. The second one is that he will guide me to truth. John 14, 26, again, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you everything I have said to you. Now, some of you may know that I was a Bible teacher at a Christian school for a year, and one thing I learned is that teaching is really an awesome responsibility. Every day, I was responsible to communicate to a group of students some truth. Every day. Now, unfortunately, the students did not feel the same responsibility to learn, and all the teachers say amen, but Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit, he is going to teach us all things, and that refers to all truth. 
This is paralleled two chapters later in John 16. John chapter 16, starting in verse 12, Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear bear them now. Verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will speak, he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The idea here is that the Holy Spirit's going to take the things that Jesus has said, take the things of God, take truth, and teach and interpret and explain these things to believers. He will make them more plain and easier to understand. He will reveal to us what is necessary to know God and to help others do the same. He is our advocate. He is called to our side to give us the counsel and support that we need. So about 12 years ago, Leslie and I were sitting in a church, and the pastor was preaching a sermon called No More People Pleasing. Now, I am not someone who's often accused of people pleasing, actually never been accused of that. I'm more of the opposite. So I was relaxed, taking notes, all the while thinking, man, I sure hope Leslie's getting this. This is good stuff for her. (laughs) Plot twist. The pastor starts talking about those who demand that others please them with their controlling ways. When you start being angry, when someone doesn't do what you expect, when you control them based on your response. And then he boldly boldly says, if this is you and this is what you're doing, you are doing evil and you need to repent. I felt like I was Johnny Lawrence in The Karate Kid and I had just taken a Daniel LaRusso crane kick to the face. And if you don't get that reference, that is really sad. But I had this overwhelming sense that God is saying, hey, this is you and you need to knock it off. You need to repent. You need to change direction. I remember sitting there and the way that I felt and I immediately looked over at Leslie and just said, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. And somehow she knew exactly what I meant. God has changed me a lot since then. But what happened? Was it just that good of a sermon? I mean, it was pretty good. But what happened is the Holy Spirit taught me truth. Right there in that moment, he revealed something to me that I didn't know, and he changed my life. He he is my teacher. You see, you and I can never learn a spiritual truth on our own. We can only learn from the Holy Spirit. You can learn the biblical languages. You can be a Bible scholar. You can memorize the books of the Bible in the original languages. But you need the Spirit to teach you. You and I can never learn a spiritual truth on our own. How often can we learn a spiritual truth on our own? Never. Never. We can learn from others, like I did from that pastor, but we're not dependent on them. God uses others to instruct us and shape us, but only, we only learn when the Holy Spirit is our teacher. John chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus said, He will guide you into all the truth. The Holy Spirit guides us into truth step by step. He doesn't reveal it all at once. And I kind of have this image of, you know, you're going through life and, 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 it, and it's all about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and knowing where he's working and he guides you. And sometimes you're like, which way do I go? Where do I go? And that's why one of the greatest verses in the Bible is Isaiah 30, 21. And it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. So you're like, I don't know, should we buy this house or shouldn't we? This is the way. Walk in it. Should I go take that job? Should I go do this? This is the way. Walk in it. But the thing is, we don't always want to wait on him. If you've ever wondered, well, why do we pray if God already knows what we need? It's because we need to be guided into truth. You see, when it came to Leslie and I buying a house and entering into a loan agreement, I mean, we prayed, 
But looking back, we never really thought truth. We prayed the basic stuff, God help us to make a good decision, bless this and that, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, we were being materialistic and foolish. We should have been investing in other financial priorities, but we wanted a house. So when I teach, I am super cautious and even nervous in some ways. I desperately don't want to stand in front of people and say something that isn't true. I'm dependent upon him to guide me to truth. And so right now in this place, I'm sure there are some of you who don't know what to do in a certain situation. Maybe you have questions about God, who he really is. Maybe you don't understand certain things God has said. Maybe you're struggling with something that's happened in your life, and it doesn't make sense. Maybe you're wondering why he doesn't intercede in our presidential election. (laughs) Just let that sit there for a second. Um, (laughs) He will guide you into truth, step by step. We walk with him every day, patiently, trusting him. When I look back on my housing decision and other foolish decisions I've made, it's a consistent mark that got me in that place. Impatience. I wanted what I wanted when I wanted it. And God doesn't work that way. He asks us to trust him because he sees what we don't see and he will teach us all things. So let me say one more thing on this point. Sometimes we have a fear of paying attention to the Holy Spirit. People have done some crazy things in the name of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know what I mean, there are some who focus so much on the Holy Spirit and they believe that he leads them to do things that conflict with God's word or to be so overwhelmed with the Spirit in a way that leaves them doing things like barking like dogs. Some of you didn't know that happens, but it does. Some people get so overwhelmed with the Spirit and they're down and arf, arf, arf. And hear me say, I just want to address that. John 16, 14. He, the Holy Spirit, will glorify me. Hashtag Jesus. Like Jesus is saying, look, the Spirit, he's going to glorify me. The Holy Spirit, that's what he does. He brings attention to Jesus more than anyone. And so don't fear paying attention to the Spirit because we can't know Jesus except through the Spirit. And the Spirit is on his team because they're part of the same God. But if you think you're passionate about glorifying Jesus, about bringing attention to him, nobody's more passionate than the Holy Spirit. And so if you are interacting with the Holy Spirit in truth, he will always, always point you to Jesus. That's how you know it's real. If he's pointing you to Jesus, we can't know Jesus except through the Spirit. He is the one who teaches us who Jesus is. He teaches us, then he helps us teach others. He will teach us all things. He is our advocate. He is by our side and he is for us. And our third thing for this morning is that he will remind me what God has said. John 14, 26 again. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Reminders are good. I remember when we moved to Florida, and uh, so I flew down there for a week uh, before we moved, and I wanted to start my job. I mean, truthfully, I was uh, still getting paid at my last job on vacation. I kind of wanted that double paycheck. So I went down there and was setting up bank accounts and working, and then when my week ended, I was going to fly back, and we were going to drive the moving truck down to Florida as a family. And so uh, it's about 70 miles or so to the Fort Lauderdale airport. I'm in my rental car. It's the exit before the airport. I get off and need to refill the car with gas, and I remember getting out to the pump and doing this, and I was thinking, oh, I must put my wallet in my backpack. No. At this point, I start freaking out, not a little, but a lot, and then I realized that I had uh, ordered something online that day and uh, left my wallet on my desk in Jupiter, which was 70 miles away, and there was no chance that I was going to make it back. Oh, by the way, I should tell you that the flight I was on was the last flight of the night, and I really didn't know anybody because I didn't really even live there yet. 
I called my wife. I'm not gonna tell you how not nice I was on that conversation. I was so frustrated and couldn't believe how stupid I felt that I forgot that. So by faith, I checked in the rental car uh, because I didn't fill it up. I think I paid about $42 a gallon. <laughs> Trying to check luggage without money is very difficult, but if you look pathetic enough, they'll let you go. I got through security because I had an electric bill in my backpack. Please don't tell like, uh, the terrorist that that works. <laughs> um, but by God's grace, I got home. But we all forget things all the time. I've made this decision that I'm gonna start asking people about things even when they think I already know them and should know them. Like this happens to me all the time. Somebody's like, oh, well, you remember when we talked about this. And I used to just go, yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, no, I don't, I'm sorry. I told you, I'm sorry. So I figure I'm gonna look stupid either way. I might as well at least look stupid with the information, right? So this is why Jesus is saying, look, you forget things all the time. So the Holy Spirit is not only gonna teach you all things, not only guide you to truth, but he's gonna remind us what Jesus has said. Some people are like, oh, I don't memorize scripture. I'm never gonna remember it. No, you will remember it because he is going to remind you what he has said. This is awesome. So I wanna pause and tell you this. You can't remember what you don't know. This is why we need to read the word of God. Memorize the word of God. Sit under the teaching of the word of God. You can't remember what you don't know. And if we could, we all would have done a lot better in school. He will teach us truth. He will reveal spiritual truth, but he's not gonna make you know a verse that you've never read. When I was 19, these Mormon missionaries came to my door, and I thought, you know, there I was, a Bible college student, and I thought, oh, I'm gonna talk to these guys and tell them the way it is. And uh, that didn't go very well for me when they started telling me first that, well, Jesus isn't God. And I'm like, yes, he is. They're like, well, show us in the Bible. Uh, uh, I had no idea. I'd only been a Christian for a couple of years, and there's, God didn't just say, hey, John 8, 58, because I didn't know the verse. And then they tell me the only way to receive the Holy Spirit is to have elders lay hands on you. And I'm thinking, you guys just need to leave now because I just don't know this, right? You, he's not gonna remind you of something you don't know. It's like when you pray those prayers. God, if you'll help me remember this, if you'll help me on this test, let's say, I will never insert something you'll never actually do here. And then we don't do well because you don't know the material. You know, in school, I never took chemistry. And so if I sat in front of a chemistry test, and it told me to define, let's say, prismane. I'm not gonna all of a sudden know that it's an isomer of benzene with the carbon atoms arranged in the shape of a triangular prism. I have no idea what I just said, and please don't tell me after the sermon, because I, really I really don't wanna know. But the fact is, the Holy Spirit is gonna help us remember what Jesus has said. He's gonna help us remember what it means, and he's gonna do it when it matters. He's not gonna hit you while you're sitting there watching Netflix, and all of a sudden, the spiritual revelation is gonna come, but you're gonna be in a situation where you're faced with a decision and you're gonna remember something that he has said. You're gonna be in a conversation with someone, and someone's gonna to come to you, and you're gonna be like, that was perfect. That's exactly what I needed to say. And the Holy Spirit will just be like, yeah, I know, I kinda of do this for a living. Right? And uh, we'll be in a situation where all of a sudden you'll have this experience, and then you'll have this deeper understanding of what Jesus has said through that experience, because he'll bring it to mind, and you will put it into practice. Years ago, I was sitting at a restaurant with two people who I love deeply, and one of them started talking to me about their interactions with God. And it wasn't, uh, it was something weird about it. Something just felt a little off. And those interactions were personal and they said they were physically seeing God. And I felt so like overwhelmed in those moments because I was thinking I need to say something and I don't know what to say. And so all of a sudden as I'm praying, I just said, when you see God, is he like 
awesome? Like, do you like want to fall down? Are you scared? And the response was, no, I just talked to him. I said, okay, see, here's the thing. In Isaiah chapter six, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord seated on a throne high and lifted up. And then he said, woe is me because God was so awesome. And then in Revelation chapter one, John saw Jesus and he fell down like he was a dead man. And then in the Old Testament, Moses said to God, God, show me your glory. And God's like, you can't handle my glory. So I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put you in a rock. I'm gonna pass by you. And then after I pass by you, I'm gonna remove my hand and you will, Moses ended up glowing in the dark for a long period of time. Right? And then the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, who is Jesus in the pre-incarnate form, every time, what, what would happen? They would say, do not be afraid. And so I was able to share that. And, you know, it was kind of like one of those moments where after I was done, it was like, drop the mic, peace. You know, I'm out of here. You know, like, boom. But the thing is, I knew those verses. I didn't prep for that conversation. He will remind us what God has said. This means when we're hurting, he's going to remind us what God has said. This means when we're at a crossroads in our life, he's gonna remind us what God has said. It means when we're discouraged, when we have a decision to make, when we're lonely, when we're tempted, whenever, wherever, he will remind us what God has said because he is our advocate. He is by our side and he is for us. So as for our tax story, at the end of uh, 2013, um, we did a little Facebook campaign and we were able to raise enough money to pay off the state of Illinois. The CFO at the school I worked at got us hooked up with some accountants and so did another good friend and they've been advocating for us now for years. There were some that we hoped and thought would be our advocates that were not. We're not out of the woods by far. We're paying, we're fighting. But you know what? This message to me was very personal because I need an advocate and I need the spirit to be my advocate. I need his counsel and support. I need him to guide me and I need him to do what only he can do to work for me in this situation and others. And I recognize some of your situations are probably far worse than mine. But just know that he is, our, he is your advocate. And this is the hope that leads us to repent and to keep going. He is for me. He paid for my sins. He loves me and he will never leave me. This is why we keep going. He will teach me his truth. He will remind us what Jesus has said and why it matters. God is my advocate. When things look bleak, when circumstances seem like they won, he points to me and he says, no, 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 see that guy right there? Yeah, he's with me, that's my boy, he's mine, he's gonna be fine. I am for him, I am his advocate. And if you are a follower of Jesus, he is yours too. I heard a pastor say this recently and I thought it was a fitting way to end, to use this example. Have you ever seen a child when they learn to walk? I'm not really sure why we call it walking when it's more like a controlled falling, right? Or maybe it's kind of a, how long can I stay in motion until my, my heavy head makes me fall? Now, maybe you've seen a parent when their kid starts to walk. They take a step. Maybe they take two. And the parent gets so excited. Like, he walked, he walked. When the reality is, he didn't walk. He just survived, right? I remember my oldest, Erica, when she started walking. I would sit on the couch, and Leslie would sit on a chair, and we would pick her up and go to mommy, go to daddy. And she would just go and there was never a time when I stopped and I was like, Erica, what's your problem? This isn't that hard. Look at me. This is how you do it. Like, what's going on? Right? I got so excited. You can do it. Come on. Come to daddy. And then she'd get excited and I would throw her up in the air and mom would be a little scared and I'd wait for her to come down and catch her. And then we'd do it again. This is how God is with you and I. 
He sees us when we fall. He sees us when we doubt. He sees us when we mess up beyond what we would ever want anyone to know. He sees us when circumstances knock us down. And he helps us back up and he celebrates each step forward. We might take a step and fall and we think we fail. And he's all, no, no, look at her. She's walking. She's walking. Look at her. He is your advocate. Through his spirit, he is for you. He is with you. And no matter what comes your way, he is for you. And so this morning, as we close out this uh, message, I just want to encourage you to acknowledge how much you need him. I think sometimes in this world, I know I struggle with, I can do some things on my own, right? I can, I can take care of things, but it's when I recognize how dependent upon, upon him that I really am, that I see things happen that I never could have imagined. Don't settle for less than what God has for you. Let him be your advocate. Let's pray together. And so, Father, it's my prayer and my desire that right now and here in this place, that you would bring us to a recognition and understanding of just how much we need you. God, thank you that you are for us. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you teach us all truth. And for those moments when we're just so confident that we've heard from you and we learn things that we didn't know, Thank you for bringing to mind the things that we've heard, the things that we've heard from this stage, the thing that we've, things that we've read on our own. Father, I just pray for those in this room that are overwhelmed by their circumstances and their situations, that they would in this moment recognize that you're saying, that's my boy, that's my girl. Get up and walk, take a step forward. That we would hear that voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. We pray in all this stuff in the awesome name of Jesus. Amen.